0: Welcome to Talking in Stations, this is Matterall. It's March 3rd, let's talk about EVE Online with a few friends here. Today, the focus is going to be on mining and industry, all the stuff that's come out. We want to take a look and check in with some of our friends that do that kind of work. Uh, talking about Marauder specifically and uh, that sort of thing. Okay, so uh, with me today is uh, our friend Nick. How are you doing, Nick?
1: It's a good day.
0: All right. Also, I want to introduce you to uh, Shaquem. How are you doing, Shaquem? I'm very well. Good. Hang tight. And as always with me is uh, Gregorian. Evening. And our new friend here at uh, TIS, Rundle.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: I think people know you from uh, Trash Talk Tuesday, but again, you go way back to Lost in Eve. And uh, let's start out with some just to loosen us up a little bit uh, yesterday you were on trash talk tuesday how was it
2: it wasn't too bad uh we uh we got a little excited a couple times uh we spent a, a lot of time, time talking about uh new player experience uh and uh putting on our ccp hats uh, it was quite fun uh well, the ccp devs was in the in the in the chat as well listening which was always fun we're um, and then, uh, we, uh, kind of went around and around and said the same thing about four times made sure the horse was real dead after beating it relentlessly <laughs> <Real> <laughs> and, dead. Uh, yeah, real dead. Uh, we talked, we were supposed to talk some more stuff, didn't really quite get there. Uh, always fun when a couple of members have shouting matches and then, uh, we ended that was, it was rather long. It was almost four hours. Though. Yeah.
0: I noticed that I'm still, I'm not through it. Uh, I was just getting, just starting to listen to it. Was that your experience, Gregorian?
3: It was definitely a lot of people arguing with each other. It lived up to the name.
0: All right. Okay, so let's talk about EVE Online News real quick before we get into the industry talk and the mining talk, which I'm very excited about. Uh, But first, we need to do some updating because the war is really kicking into uh, different gear right now. I'm going to bring up a screen so that we can actually look at... um, what's going to happen in the next few days here. This is a Killboard, sorry, this is a Zekili app, which is a Doom Clock. Doom Clock name comes from a similar program that was made by um, the Imperium. Let me see, I'm trying to make that bigger here in one second. Let's focus on that and remove me. Always better. So this Doom Clock is, uh, is basically a copy of what the Imperium had made before. They did a Doom Clock as well. And one of the reasons the Imperium made their Doom Clock was to show how they were progressing in the war. And it was at first public. And the reason for that was to uh, show measurements to themselves and also to people outside that they were defending their SOV, that they were defending their structure. They were defending their i hubs, which defended their structures inside the systems that the i hubs were associated with. Um, But at a certain point, because of the progress of Pappy, that was made to be not public and private only for Imperium members. And uh, so we lost the ability to see that. Well, the idea was something that had kind of backfired, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. And Pappy decided to make their own version of the Doom Clock. And so that's what we're looking at today uh, right here. Gagorin, you're familiar with this, right?
3: right actually the it's it's made by a member of my corporation uh uh that site actually started so that he could l- create fake uh z killboard links that actually actually linked to the the famous l minor meme kill mail, but I guess when uh pro God legend mentioned the goon doom clock at. Eh, that we had all, all liked watching, and then the Imperium took, to, made the their kill Doom Clock private. A lot of us were wishing we had our own. So I get, I guess that's why he made it.
0: Yeah. Okay, and so what this tells us, it does tell us a lot, which is interesting. Um, basically, what you see here is a list of the iHubs that are taken for certain systems, and that is the takeover date here. So this date is uh, always going to be in the past, and that's when the iHub is planted. And it has to tick up to 35 days before the system can be utilized in in a way that makes it, um, how would I say, it's doom for a system. So they put in an iHub, it ticks up 35 days of uninterrupted uh, sovereignty holding for that thing, or without being destroyed basically. And then at the day 35, they get some benefits. Uh, That is the owners of the IHUB get benefits to that system. They can put in a bridge. They can also sino jam the place and uh, keep out people that they don't want to jump in. And that makes an assault inevitable because uh, they can control the flow of who's coming in with capital ships. So the only way to defend stuff in a system where you do not own the IHUB that has matured to 35 days is to use a sub-capital fleet or to gate in capitals, which is... uh, suicide, really. So nobody does that. Uh, and I I, so. one last thing about this. And so these systems that we're looking at are not all the iHubs that are owned by Pappy in this case. These are the ones that have Keep Stars in them. Go ahead, Nick.
1: Uh, that's actually exactly what I was going to say, is that that's not a complete list of systems, but just Keep Star systems. Right. right, and so the they,
2: correct way to read that is the alliance listed is the one that is now currently controlling the system. It's not their keep star.
1: Right, that's the, uh, the alliance is who owns the iHub.
2: Right, so if you're, exactly right. So if you're reading this, these are uh, Imperium keep stars counting down and the alliance that holds the iHub and when it was first taken over and then the countdown to when the keep star becomes vulnerable. If you've never seen something this, that's how you read that.
1: And if you hit that checkbox that says "Show Imperium Keepstar Systems" at the bottom, it'll add in the remaining systems that have Imperium Keepstars that are still under full Imperium control. Oh wow,
0: I didn't know that. There's one DQ, of course. Uh, uh, Ytech O, Btech D. Interesting. Okay, so these are the ones that they do control. That's quite a few of them. I think most are most have iHubs that belong to Pappy. If you look at that list,
2: Pappy's been busy.
0: Yeah, what's been going on with Pappy?
2: Uh, on this invasion. Yeah, just I mean, just in a, a period of of just working hard and grinding and uh, just uh, finishing off uh, it, the tasks that are put in front of us, um, having fun on comms, chatting, uh, taking fleets, um, some fights here and there uh trying you know that third one on the list there M2 Tac uh, obviously a lot of eyes on that and uh, there's still pilots out in space so there's obviously uh, anticipation what's going to happen in uh, 3 days 23 hours and uh, I think uh you know there's uh there's some counter offenses going on in the war there's some other areas so there's uh, just constant work and rework to to make sure that everyone in uh in Pappy Legacy all the different alliances are are working together. Uh, it's just kind of how the Pappy works. And yeah, that's how I would interpret it. And that's how I basically tell people you know, when they ask what, what's going on. Nothing huge, no big plans, just keep working the plan, keep working the plan, keep working the plan. And uh, I don't know, overall, everyone seems to enjoy that. There's a lot of counter ideas of like, oh, you know, general line members, that sucks. It's a horrible way to live. But everyone I talk to is just having fun. And seems like a great way to live that's my counter argument to it
0: yeah it's a little easier when you're um, i said, for lack of a better way of saying it winning right like you're taking down structures, your objectives are being met uh yep. it feels pretty good. it feels like you're yep. on the right side of gravity
2: absolutely and that's you know that's taken into account as well and I think uh Papy in general are behaving that way we're not uh it happens every once in a while you rub it in you know rub it here rub it there in their face a little bit but i think overall we're just just trying to focus on the tasks that we've set out set out for ourselves and uh you know just start moving into delve in different areas there's some 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 different areas where groups are starting to take some ownership and you know that's uh it's still hostile area so it's very exciting it's kind of reminiscent of the old ways where you had to kind of move in and fight your way in and yeah. fight your way to stay there and yeah, remain there. And it wasn't just kind of, here you go, here are the keys. So I, I'm enjoying that aspect of it. It's kind of throws me back 10 years or so to some of the old ways of doing things. Let's
0: credit to Imperium for sticking around and duking it out instead of folding up and looking for a different opportunity somewhere total,
2: else. Yeah. Total props to them. They are, they're sticking to their word too. You know, they're like, you are going to have to literally eject every single one of us out of here. And uh, I totally believe it. I think they're yeah. they're you I, know, they're really showing some of their metal and some of their ability to fight and do what they need to do. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I hope they're having some sort of fun.
3: I still don't think they're going to win, but I think most other coalitions would have already bit lost.
2: Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a tenacity. And that's part of their lore and part of who they are. Right. So for sure, that's, yeah, it's one of their core elements of who they are. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of there certainly is a little bit of respect, I think, on all, on uh, certainly all around Pappy um, doesn't mean we're going to stop doing what we're doing. But, you know, every day that goes on, I uh, hate to say it, I get a little bit more respect for them in a way uh, in certain aspects. But uh, for me, they're they still who are they still are who they are. And uh, that keeps me motivated.
0: So just to put it all on the table, you don't like them. The Imperial But
2: all on the table, I am not their number one fan. Yeah. Absolutely
0: not. Nope. All right. Um, So another way of looking at this is the countdown part of this. And that is uh, the takeover date is when the IHUB was installed. Then 35 days later, this counts down to zero, basically. So this sets to 35 days. So in the next 24 hours, we're going to see the first IHUB reach the maturity level of three. And the ZBX system... At that point, we'll have the availability of being jammed up. And then a day after that is five taxi, and then a day after that, or sorry, two days after that, three days. Let's just say three days. So in a total of about four days from now, M2-TAC comes out, and that is going to be a very interesting situation there because Goonsworm or the Imperium both need to interrupt that clock by destroying the M2-I hub. Do you think they'll try?
2: Uh, I Yeah. I think somewhere between now and then, that's a very strong possibility they will do that. Yes, directly. I think they'll try. Uh, That's. uh,
0: Have they been trying this whole time, or?
2: There has been a a couple of attempts that I'm aware of. Uh, Personally, I had a pretty busy uh, real life uh, in real life last couple weeks, uh, end of the end of February. I haven't been on quite as much as I wanted, but what I'm reading. Yeah, there's been a few attempts here and there. I haven't seen any um all out, you know, massive brawl to try to 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 duke it out. So, um maybe it's coming here in the next few days. Yeah. There's I'm been thinking a... like the weekend, right? Cuz this timer yeah. comes out Sunday night. So there's a there's a prime Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday day, lots of pilots available um a, a window of opportunity.
0: Frankly. Right. And they can always kill the IHUB after the 35 days uh, once it's jammed. It'll just be harder at that point. But they do have a lot yeah. of hardware in system already. Remember, this is M2TAC where their super capital fleet or part of it is residing in this giant gate camp.
2: Well, two vendettas, but yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. That's... So what happened last night?
2: You know, I was Trash Talk Tuesday and all of a sudden there's like, well, one vendetta is dead and now two vendettas are dead.
3: Yeah, I was the one. Who That's right. I interrupted the arguing to try to change the subject to that.
2: Yeah. Do you have more of the story? I have just, you know, the bits and pieces of what I read. Uh, do you have a little more details? i well, that let you go through it.
3: Well, there's this practice that, well, in my alliance, Pandemic Horde has been called ringing the dinner bell, which is going into m 2 tack to shoot the bubbles. And the joke about dinner bell is you ring it, and then the goons show up and feed. So mm-hmm. often it it re- results in our carrier fighters shooting their carrier fighters, and usually our side doesn't come out ahead in the Isk War. But it, last night, NC, a couple of corps from NC decided to do it together, and then dropped a couple of dreads on Ad zero a, on the Keepstar.
0: More than a couple dreads.
3: Yes. So and then they killed two vendettas and t- and took out the the shields of another super carrier a uh, hell oh,
0: uh,
3: Vendettas like- are are probably the most expensive thing that was on grid at the time since it's a faction super carrier so it costs as much of a as a normal titan uh, I guess th- I had actually been wondering why uh in the past in past attempts when they'd gotten their fighters out to our subcap blobs uh they didn't uh, we didn't respond by dropping dreads on their supers i but i guess if uh we had if we had done that for not the best possible targets oh uh, we wouldn't get any other chances to do that like if it had if we had tried it once i don't think the vendettas would have been out to be shot.
2: Yeah, and I think someone in chat's correctly it was uh, it was a Pittsburgh plan. Pittsburgh, I think he's a former goon, if I understand his positioning. And, uh, yeah, they uh, they rang the dinner bell, and uh, they, that fight was on the Keepstar. If you actually look at that Edward Ishgarn I think it's uh, David Archer's the actual pilot owner there. Uh, yeah, anyways, Dave
3: so Archer is Dave one, one of Archer, the... Yeah
2: big fcs and goonsworm yeah that's him his is his is edward Iskar. anyways uh, that uh that kill uh that kill the uh the keepstar is actually top damage <laughs> what so i mean that was right on the keepstar
0: uh how is the keepstar top damage Did it shoot uh
2: well i'm guessing it's, uh pds oh, and yeah. and uh I'm maybe guessing it, in the line it... of line of fire of a uh, of uh, one of the keepstar Doomsdays. i don't know if there's like an area yeah. effect weapon right the kind of combination of both i would guess
3: uh do- the keepstar doomsday is a chain weapon that bounces bo- to the largest mass targets first and super carriers are larger than dreadnoughts yeah
0: yeah that's uh interesting um yeah point the uh, pd what is it pds is point defense system and it's right. uh, it's basically like automated gun system that uh, shoots everything around a keep star and it's friend or foe. So if you're not, if you're not tethered, you're getting hurt. Things pretty painful too, as you can see, if it was top damage on a vendetta, that's a, uh, that's a, that's not a great loss. Is it a two, two vendettas is, uh, is even worse than one, but uh, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of not the kind of loss you want in this situation. I, I don't think you could just blow it off these days because these things, they take so much to build. They're not rare. They're just, they're rare, but they're also incredibly mineral intensive. So uh, there's no way around their price point. They essentially absorb four or five times the normal amount of minerals that a, a Nyx would have, for instance.
3: Yeah. Most faction capital ships, uh, their expense is the rarity of the blueprint, whether it's from uh low sex Sancha incursions for the Revenant or NPC Sotio's for the Blood Raider and Garista's ones. But, but for Serpentis capital ships, uh, they're expensive because why, because of the, the material cost.
0: Yeah, a lot of people involved here. Yes.
4: <clears throat>
3: yeah,
4: uh, whenever you get into the faction stuff, getting mm-hmm. faction-specific items, let's take the Vendetta. Great example of it. It's very hard because you have to farm every single piece of those items. It's not easy. It's not something you could just mass produce.
0: Uh, I'm looking for someone in the audience is saying look up the uh, uh, f- the facts or whatever, but uh, I missed it. Okay, so that's what happened yesterday. Um, vendetta down. Uh, the big story Two is... Two vendettas down. Two vendettas down. That's uh, very expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's the big story from yesterday that happened right around this time. Um, But really what we're looking at here is an acceleration, and this is what I wanted to look at. In in less than one day, it starts, and then it really starts accelerating. And then on uh, like, you know, around 10 days from now, you really see the potential isolation of four or five systems. It's just, uh, I think within a month, if those don't get interrupted, we're going to start to see some massive uh, destruction numbers come out of Delve and they've been waiting for this. This is really the constriction, part of the constriction part of Pappy's plan, which is to isolate, lock down, uh, to mature the iHubs. Once that's matured, you isolate the systems and destroy everything in it. The trouble yeah, that's is the, there's a ton that, of stuff. Go ahead, Randall.
2: Yeah, no, I was just gonna say that's the result. I mean, you look at the dates, right? 7th of February, 8th of February and that. That range, if you remember, there was you, you even covered a number of them. There were some battles and there was uh, just some news stories of how uh, Pappy went really quickly and took over a number of constellations and really pressed the front and pushed uh, right across Delvin, really shrunk the war front. That's the direct result of that effort three weeks ago.
0: Yeah, very good point. So that um, was reported on earlier. And remember, they took January. Uh, January was really bad for Pappy because they actually got sunk inside of M2 because of the server problems. And Imperium just uh, really benefited from that, took all the energy out of Pappy. I, I don't know how much uh, or how deadly that was as far as motivations. They, they definitely yeah, took the month off.
3: A lot of us were feeling really bad after that. Uh, for the fir- few days after that, was that was the first time I was ever st- started thinking there was a possibility that we might not win the war. And but ac- after I saw that the Imperium didn't seem to be taking the initiative to get put get back on the right foot while we were down, I I started I stopped thinking there was a chance that we might lose though.
0: Yeah, uh... like
3: that. It January was a really big missed opportunity for them to take the initiative and put us on the back foot.
0: Well they did take iHubs, they reversed progress and detect W and there was some stuff that was done. Uh but but it wasn't this is one thing that wasn't it wasn't bold. Like they didn't attack a staging area or they didn't attack a keep star in like a YZ9 or something or something that was a real massive counter strike. There was more like more like body blows. Um and and I don't know why that petered out, why I think maybe just Pappy reconstituting, they just had too many numbers to to win these iHub fights, maybe. I don't know. It seemed to go very one sided since uh, January ended. So, the beginning of February, pretty much.
1: It would be interesting to kind of know because, yes, I mean, obviously the M2, you know, Titan losses was definitely a gut punch for uh, the Pappy folk. But how much was the, you know, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I thought we will come back. Sorry.
0: Yeah, it's all right, Rundle. Any last thoughts? It's all right. Any last thoughts on this, Rundle?
2: No, I think I think I, I would just say what Gregorian was saying is yeah, January, especially after Christmas and that, and the New Year's those events at M two were. Like ah, yeah, this is gonna hurt for a while. Um, and but I I think just organizationally how we work, uh, we just you know, kind of came together and focused on some other things for a bit, and then and then rallied strong. And uh, I think it's just how the organization, the overall PAP organization, works together. That'd be my final thoughts on that.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll see in the next month. It's gonna heat up. You'll hear it here as well as uh, seeing it on the other news. Channels that uh, the damage is going to ramp up. You're going to start seeing some big things fall if everything goes as planned for Pappy. Uh, I don't see a counter vision for that except to take out some of these eye hubs. Those would be victories for the Imperium. Uh, but Imperium seems like they're putting their gloves up to their head and uh, sinking into 1DQ, which is their last constellation area. As you can see, this bright yellow is all that's left. There's a couple systems here, but those are going to be taken out soon ish. And then it's really just this constellation. And I think this will start getting attacked later after uh, a lot of this destruction starts. So maybe in about three weeks, we'll see uh, some reinforcements going on in 1DQ. Again, if everything goes well for Pappy. But the invasion and the destruction of the Imperium uh, appears to be going as planned for Pappy without, without much resistance right now. All right good luck to imperium turning that around uh they, they could possibly do it by getting more firepower out of each and every individual that they have because they're outnumbered uh so that's what that fireside chat was about was to tell players you need to do more than just show up to fleets and hit f1 you need to hit f2 and more and so do the extra thing do the go the extra mile and uh, let's get more productivity out of you all right Shakeen and Nick, uh, let's talk industry. But first, let's meet uh, Shakeen Berker. Tell us about yourself. Where are you and uh, what do you do?
4: Well, it all depends. I'm, mainly, I'm in my own corporation. It's a small corporation, just with my alts. Um, however, I initially was in a, uh, I, I would say, a, a smaller medium industry corporation with a few friends. I learned the basics of what I do now there. So that's basically everything from salvage to moon minerals, to uh, research, to like everything that goes into it. It's a quite a, it's quite a supply chain almost. It's almost like supply chain management in a sense of what you need to memorize how to do. It's just not minerals. It's just not one thing. Um, Anyway, so I learned a lot of the basics there. And then I started my own little corporation and I started getting into uh, fighter production when that was a big thing for fleet carriers And that was really nice.
0: Was that when it (laughs) first started?
4: Yeah, that's when I really got into it. That's where I made a lot of money. Uh, And then, uh, of course, the shortage hit and carriers and things like that started, obviously, a little bit more on decline. People were trying to find alternatives at times to always just losing big carriers. They're still used, but people, they they weren't just ratting carriers, so to say, as much.
0: Yeah, so you're saying that you were... In boom times, you were doing great because carriers were being used to rat and then they nerfed
4: them. Okay. Yeah, fighters specifically, right? Fighters right. and their application. Uh, then I got into uh, T2 production because I, I, I can also do T3 production, but that is a very limited, right? Because I produce legions and confessors, things like that. Um, But that's not a very active market, right? Like It's very much a niche, you know, bespoke type market. Not a lot of people are buying a lot of legions compared to, let's say, T2s, which that's what I got into. Because a lot of people, more people run abyssals than they run in legions. You know, more there are more sacrileges being sold in legions for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's where I am now. I do a lot of T2 ammo and T2 ships, uh, as well as what uh, Matterall brought me here for, which is marauders. I do paladins. Yeah,
0: you do a lot of Mar stuff, right?
4: Yeah, because I'm based out of Amar and I kind of just stuck with it. I'm, it's not even RP. Just, I just stuck with it. I like to say oh, I'm in Amar space. So I, I build a lot of Amar ships. So I'm basically always in uh, Amar low sec or Amar high sec, one of the two, because I do my own reactions and things. So
0: yeah. All right. Not, not, not to be like, you know, to measure you up, but wh- what are your operating budgets like on, on some of your runs?
4: It all depends. If I'm producing, I typically like to produce at least 10 to 15 marauders at a time. So we're looking at roughly 20 billion off to start off, because you need to get things going, right? Mm -hmm. Now obviously you're not going to you can sell them for more, let's say. I could definitely get a markup on that, which I do. My markup is typically around 25% of what I go in for. So if I let's say go in to produce, let's say 15 billion. Let's just say roughly, cause that's 10 Marauders. Roughly I can mark it up to the inflated current price and make more money on it. So it's not like it's all just uh, profit, right? There's a lot of input costs I have to go into because I don't do the mining myself. I do have my suppliers that I talk to that I buy in bulk. That's contracts, by the way, you don't do it off the market. Uh, so if you're ever looking at that, you're going to have to learn how to talk to suppliers and suppliers work in contracts. They don't work off of the Jito market, so to say.
0: Yeah. A couple of questions there. Where, where do you sell your ultimate products? And then we'll go back to suppliers.
4: I either sell out of Perimeter or Amar. So either a shop or Perimeter.
0: Yeah. And uh, suppliers, how'd you find suppliers?
4: A lot of them, they will advertise. Um, they have their own mining fleets. I know people love to say they're all just bought fleets and they fly around mining everything. That's possible as some of them do that a lot of them though they are actual humans behind keyboards and they just love mining so what you do is you set up a bulk order let's say i want 2 billion units of tritanium all right 2 billion that's not a small number um and that's the kind of numbers that you say all right you guys have two weeks and you set it up in contracts it could be split up contracts so let's say 500 million units per but either way you're going to set up a A buy order essentially with them, an open contract.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, What What are the strategies of splitting up your buy order into many contracts or having just one big contract?
4: It all depends what you are producing. So, for example, when I was producing things for making carriers, I would have to order in very large quantities. I am talking, you know, two to three billion minimum, right? Because of all the capital ship uh, components, right? And they require straight minerals. Now, in the case of, let's say, moon mining for T2 production, I would set out to say, because you don't want to have a lot of spare things, even though, let's say, if I produce parts for a sacrilege, right? just a basic T2 that's used in abyssal space a lot, I could use the same parts to produce um, uh, paladins. But you don't want to like overproduce that because it takes a lot of time. That's the problem, is that you have to tie a lot of things into research And a lot of things, especially for the Sacrilege and the uh, Paladin Blueprints, in this case, uh, as well as you're going to need to put a lot of time into transporting minerals into almost hidden away areas of low sec, get your uh, reactions done, get it into high sec, turn it into a construction component, which then gets turned into the actual uh, faction ship, if you will, you want to say the racial ship, let's say Mar in this case. All
0: right. All right. Well, let's actually talk about uh, industry and mining and what it's been like in this scarcity age. Rundle, uh if you have any questions, just throw them in there, Gregorian, you as well.
3: So, Shikine, uh how do the the suppliers advertise? Like, for the small-scale industry that I do, it's mostly advertised in uh, Alliance Discord <laughs> for getting my minerals in Moonku, but I wouldn't know where to look if I wasn't in a big alliance. Um, start looking. It seems like a very basic
4: solution, but this is when I was starting off. Look in bios. Start, you know in those mining fleets? Open up bios. So if you... Um,
0: uh, see oh, if I people advertise in their bios, in their biographies? Yeah,
4: quite literally. Yeah, mm. they literally advertise and say, hey, I operate in... Minmitar Losec. For example, Minmitar right now is a a hotspot for mining. It's a big... And they'll literally have sometimes right in there saying, hey, if you're interested in us, we sell at uh, last week's Jita's price uh, in bulk orders. For example, a lot of them will do that. And then you basically will send a contract to them and... Most of the time, like 99% of the time, they'll respond. They'll be like, hey, awesome. And you could actually specify if you, uh, in my case, I fly my own freighter. But if you don't fly your own freighter, you can specify for transport. If not, you talk to people like Red Frog and those types of guys.
0: So so when you actually you know, do a contract, you might do it to a particular mining corporation directly to them, not public, just directly to them.
4: Yes, correct. You do it directly to them. This isn't, uh, this isn't public contracting. A lot of the if, uh, anyone in the crowd knows what I'm talking about, it's a business to business transaction. It's not a, it's not a consumer transaction here. It's business to business.
2: I like that. So, so what about, uh, have you taken advantage of any of the, uh, various mailing lists out there? I mean, bulk mailing lists, there's, uh, obviously there's purchasing, there's selling, there's any of those, um, yeah, ab-
4: absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah. you you pay attention to those um you know you're just not selling to uh you know in my case uh let's say caldari or amar HighSec, you're just not selling to that area you are going to try to look for someone's looking to buy you know 100 munins let's say for example yeah you're definitely going to take up that contract if you can absolutely it's just the question is, can you deliver and can you get to the right spot? Now, in my case, since I largely work by myself and I have my suppliers, you can't always supply, let's say, at an alliance level,
2: you know? What about when you go and buy? Uh, I'm just looking for tricks and tools I've heard in the past. and am just wondering if you take advantage of them. So, when you go and buy uh, a certain mineral from, uh, you know, off the market and you can organize the market to the point where you can make a purchase and it's from someone who has a very large quantity of something and you can go check your transaction log and find that character who sold that maybe one or two pieces to you so you don't want to you know pay the market price look that person up start a conversation how successful is that technique extremely successful so you're
4: going to notice in certain areas that there are suppliers that you're going to see the same name constantly uh, let's say of titanium or pyrite or mexalon you're gonna see the same name all the time open up that person's bio ninety percent of the time you're gonna see that this person works in a certain mining corporation and if you look up the corporation
2: they're going they're, they're advertising
0: oh, that's a good Tim right.
2: um, and what about um you know watching people uh, who go through any of the um, mining uh Missions, mining missions suck, by the way, in general. But there are people <laughs> out there who do them because they're looking for standings, because they're trying to increase their standings for, you know, for uh, reprocessing and managing. Did any, uh, have you used that technique? Um, a lot of the people that do that, at least I've, I've
4: never interacted much with them, to be honest with you. But I find a lot of people that have they do it mining for standings just to get the standing. Largely, they're not out there in fleets getting you know, the large quantities out because the problem with those, as I understand, is that the NPCs take a certain percentage of the minerals that you mine. Right.
2: Yeah, and a lot of times they're minerals you can't even use anyways. They're uh, yeah, they're really just I mean. mission minerals, right? Exactly. But, they're mission. Know? But I'm, you know, mineral. I was just go ahead. Tori.
3: I think the only mission mineral that gets used for anything outside of missions is one that gets, I forget what it's called, but it gets used in certain incursion sites. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: it's,
3: it's, it, I, it, it's not go a
1: ahead.
4: good way of it's not a good way of going about it if you're a miner looking to sell.
2: No, it was a technique that was given to me a long time ago, and it was a method to just find interaction with in, people to interact with to say, oh, you're interested in this corp to raise your you know whatever standings, and for some reason you're going through the mining ones. Honestly, most people usually go through the the combat ones because they can play and have some fun. At the end of the day, they still get cal navy or Mar or whatever to you know max and they get the station True. benefits there's just usually better ways than the the mining missions but yeah. I, I was just curious if you've gone and like literally stalked those people to say i'm gonna find you and then track you down i mean
4: that's what i did for I, in my area that's what i did i stalked a lot of people to find who which groups are they with can i buy from them that was the big thing and are they reasonable rates uh, and do they b- do bulk orders because like I said, I was trying to cash in on the uh, carrier and the fighter market because I have those blueprints. And I was like, I really wanted to cash in hard. So I kind of did stock quite a few of them. Uh, but the problem that, that you have now is that the people that do the missions in particular, mission uh, mission minerals are replaced, by, are now replaced by you know whatever asteroids, fake asteroids essentially, right? And you can only get the certain amount of minerals that's in a very small quantity from the mining missions. So it's not a good way of going about it.
0: What about uh, what about you, Nick? You're an industrialist too.
4: I'm dying on the vine, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the scarcity uh, hit you the, on? <laughs> yeah, when the uh, moon mining changes uh, happened, That probably initially hit me the hardest when that went away, you know the the high end minerals being available on the high sec zero point five systems. Um, At that point in time, I had enough stockpile for about forty orcas. Mostly, I build ore ships. Having
0: outer ring excavations,
1: which is a corporation. Yeah, that's, that's all your. Procure, Coveters, uh, uh, yeah, Porpoise, uh, obviously the Orca, and you know, but the whole line. Uh, the only one I don't make right now is a bowhead, but uh, at the time, I'm down to about, I have enough to make about four more, and I'm out of the high ends. I can still get obviously the Trit, but it just takes a little bit longer. Uh, takes a lot bit longer because I'm back in the belts or purchasing it. Um, and I do small-scale purchasing because I'm a small-time operation. So we're, the, the place I target for purchase is I keep an eye on the belts and the systems that I'm mining in and I look for those new players. And, you know, that if they refine it, if they sell it outright, they're going to probably get they're not going to get cheated. They're not going to get a good price or a fair price. If they try and refine it themselves, they don't have the refine skill, so they're going to get beat up on that. So I'll usually try and pay him a fairly premium pi- price to the new new player, new miner out there. Keep them interested in the game. I get what I want. He gets a little isk in his pocket. So that that's the only place I really purchase uh, ore and minerals from.
0: Are they suspicious when you contact them? Like, what do you want with my ore?
1: Um, sometimes, yes. Uh, but generally, they're going to see me roll in in an orca and three or four Mackinaw's mining. And, you know, they've seen me around enough that it's like, oh, hey, they're and mm-hmm. they're his crew. And, you know, so yeah. I'll toss boosts on them if they want. I don't do it right off the bat. I kind of got to cultivate, let them get comfortable with me.
0: Yeah, maybe that's overblown. All that uh, suspicion and everything. Rundle, you were saying I heard this. Uh, you have a friend that just started the game, and you were talking about his real world experience and how it's different than a veteran's version of a new player's first.
2: Yeah, experience. absolutely. Yeah, I mean he's he's uh, just recently picked up the game, and you know it's fun listening to him talk about, you know, what do I do? How do I play this game? What does this mean? What does that mean? Um, and you know, do I want to do mining? Do I want to experience that? Do I want to just uh, you know, what do I do with all these modules? How do I deal with this? Do I just sell them outright? So introducing him to, well, no, there's actually a couple paths. You can sell them and you just get the ISK. or you can sell them to some, someone like myself and I can then reprocess them and then use those minerals. And, uh, you know, it really opened his eyes to, there's some like alternate paths. If I get creative with what to do with these things, a lot of the other MMOs are just, you know, just sell the stuff and you get, you move on you get your money. Um, but there's like kind of a whole second life for almost everything in Eve. And he found that very fascinating. He liked that path.
0: And what a great point. You do have options, right? Like, uh, like, it, and that was something that Shaquin talked about too. Do I just sell these asteroids outright? Because that's the easiest thing. And that's what's normal in other MMOs collect something and sell it. Or do you refine it and sell the minerals for more? Or do you? you know, start training those skills, those refined skills, you know, there's a lot of decisions to be made in this whole approach to industry.
2: Yep. And then that comes down to really, do you want to be a producer or a consumer at the end of the day, a large set of choices in Eve really revolve around that as well. So, you know, if you want to be just a consumer, meaning I'm just going to buy modules and I'm going to find some way to get my money and I'm just going to buy things. And when it comes time, I'm just going to sell them and, you know, but just take the money and run and use it, and you have to accept a certain percentage loss there. You're always going to have to work hard to get more risk or spend some real life money to get some some mm-hmm. plex or something. That's a lossy equation if you want to be on the producer side, then you have a different problem. You have upfront money and uh equity that you need to put into the game again same same ways you got to just go out and get it or you know plex it but then you're on the front end and then you have to manage your risk of losing a ship in transport, having an invention or a, something fail, having a citadel that you decided to start using, um remove a module and cancel all your jobs. Uh that's just a real experience I went through a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That was no fun. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um so there's a, just this inherent underlying risk of course, but um yeah, for new players I think it's very difficult to wrap their heads around uh, coming from other MMOs or other style of games of just the sheer breadth and variety of what you can do with one event, the outcome of one event. I, I kill a rat, I get these things, and now, I mean, there's like five things you can do with it, literally. Right. And in most other games, there's like one thing uh, plus delete. You can delete it or sell it, and that's really all you do with it.
0: Right, and these outcomes, they... They could have different. They did. They could have different value uh, depending on situations too. So there is no one answer, or there usually. That's
2: right. isn't. That's right. So I, uh, I was going to say a question for Shaquin and and, uh, and Nick. Like with these changes that we've, you know, has been talked about a lot. Did you feel that as a maybe more pure industrialist that it has driven you back into the belts to say, to put it that way. Like where you've had to now go back out in mind to re-augment either you know, things you are missing or to try to shore up your bottom line because of the cost of minerals. So, you know, your time is free relative to your your ships, but it's not really costing you ISK. You know, time is money, but relative, you're not outputting ISK, right? If you had to do that, if you had to alter how you play as an industrialist.
1: Absolutely. In my, in my particular case, because where I had mentioned I'm small time. So, you know, but yeah, I'm definitely spending more time when I get the time, I should say, to get out there and gather the resource, you know, myself. Um, because I'm, truthfully, I kind of like mining. I'm lazy. <laughs> you know? and, and I like getting out there and yakking with the people in the local. Um, and Varga in the uh, chat mentioned out there that, you know, the, Miners are generally very suspicious and he's right. Initially they are until you're known in a particular area and it's all part of reputation, you know, and in just comfort zone. And then you can start dealing with people and having a good time again. But to answer your question, yes, has definitely altered uh, parts of my play style pretty hard.
2: Yeah. I, I, the suspicion thing, there, I ran a bit of a social experiment Um two different weekends where out in my Orca um, people in mining in, in the belts. Okay. So I conversate, you know, send a convo to them if they show up in a, whatever they show up in and uh, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting over here. I'm just doing this. Uh, Would you like some boosts? This is what this Orca does. In case you didn't know, uh, you know, I can put you in and you can just do your own thing. You just need to be this far away and I can get extra boost. You'll make more money. this much faster. That was one method versus just sending an invite uh near 100 percent success with the conversation near zero percent success with the invite (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) so true yep Hmm. i just wanted to test it hadn't done it in a while and i thought okay this will be fun yep basically everyone uh, i just sent an invite uh canceled and then actually the majority of them wouldn't even take a conversation afterwards actually but the majority of them would take the conversation straight up before I ever sent them a fleet invite. Just reaching out and saying, "Hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing." Huge difference. Huge difference.
4: Yep. Yeah, people underestimate the ability to talk to another person. Works
3: works wonders.
2: Yeah, it's amazing, eh? In a social based game, that being social actually helps.
3: The thing is, everyone who starts playing this game gets told to never trust anyone else because everyone else is out to scam you. I mean. I think it's context is what matters. If you're in Jita,
4: I would be, I, I'm very circumspect when I look into that one. <laughs> and if I'm having to look in a public contract to Jita, I just got to make sure it's double check, you know? But if you're dealing with a person out in the belts, more than likely they're not going to scam you.
0: Well, it's the wrong yeah. place to sit there and stake somebody out, right? Be it, I was
4: about that. to say, yeah. Most scammers, they need to get lots of people because, yeah. you know, the, 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 there's going to be someone who's going to pay the idiot tax, so to say.
1: Yeah. Well, well most of your scammers at that type, they're looking for the quick buck and exactly. they're, they're not going to take the time to cultivate, you know, folks out mining in the belt. They're just too leery.
0: Well, um, is there still a lot of like can flipping and stealing of your stuff in order to bait you into a fight? Is there still that kind of harassment for
1: miners? Not that I've encountered in quite a while.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't even set myself up for it. So uh, I I couldn't really say I haven't seen it around me uh, where I tend to mine is reasonably quiet. Um, I have to go like to do that experiment. I had to go a couple jumps away to to really kind of get close to more people because I really wanted to kind of have a large number. but. I, I don't have cans in space. I use an orca and a mining ship and I literally just drop everything in. I, I don't put myself in that situation where I have stuff in space. You can come and flip. Yeah.
0: We were talking it looks the,
2: like the audience is saying there's still a lot of mon- a lot of that going on.
0: Yeah. I, I haven't mined in a while, but one of the things that changed, I think they had a huge change uh, for mining was that it, hauling completely changed, right? Cause a freighter can actually take in jet cans has that affected any of your guys' gameplay or anything?
4: No, I'm I, I'm pretty traditional when it comes to my freighter work. Yeah. I pick it up in a station. I go to another station. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I find that crazy to see people actually picking things up with freighters, my, my... I, The last time I did that with a
1: freighter was again prior to uh, the moon mining changes in HiSec, where everything went you know, or most of it went away. We would get out there with, you know, 16, 17 folks and exhumers and five or six orcas. And as the orcas loaded up, we'd roll a freighter out there to take right from there. But not, we weren't can mining, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. I wonder yeah. if that still, if that still happens or
1: I have to, I wonder. Want... there. Yeah. A lot of newer folk I'm seeing out there doing the jet can mining. And I got to remind them to make sure they, if they're going to leave it out there for a while, rename it so it'll last two hours instead of one. Timestamping. Make sure you come back and get it. Um, You know, and I counsel against it as you get better or not better, the wrong term. As you get more experience, you find better ways around that.
0: Yeah. Right. I think the the actual time is like anything after two hours, but it used to be 2.20 was the magic time where we would notice cans would pop and you'd lose everything inside of it. So jet canning is basically throwing your cargo out of your ship. It creates a container because it doesn't just float your gear in space. It creates a container to contain it. And that's a temporary container of like two hours, 20 minutes. So what miners would do is, uh, is they'd mine, fill up their hull... Uh, or their cargo area. And then they'd eject the asteroids into a can. And that was called jet jet can mining. So you'd dump that out there. And so if you come across a miner who's doing that, you'd see five or six or seven cans out there. And some of them would have like a timestamp on them because you would change the name of the can to the timestamp. And then they would go get their other character and pick them up in the right order so as not to lose the minerals inside of there.
1: And if you're spread out you got an orca friend you, uh, they would label the can "Take Me Now," and you just tracked <laughs> it into the Orca because it would have their name on it.
0: Yeah,
1: that so was their can, and then when it was full, I knew it was twenty-seven thousand five hundred m three of whatever product they had in there, and that's how I could keep track in order to pay people or reimburse them. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, one last question for you guys and we have to actually wrap it up. We'll pick up mining again sometime, maybe take it on a on a new player level uh, at some point because this is I think this is one of the natural first professions people get into. It's quiet, it's peaceful, it's manageable, it's not a lot of pressure in it. Uh, but we'll we'll do it like a special newbie edition of mining and uh, industry. But I wanted to ask you guys about skills and the new expert systems does have mining in it uh as something that you can purchase if you're looking to transition and check out what mining's all about, what do you guys think of that?
4: It's a good idea. Very basic. I looked at it myself on uh, CC, uh, but you won't exactly be jumping into uh, yeah, um, a T2, you know, barge anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I don't even think they offer that, do they? I don't think they do.
4: No, I don't. I don't believe so.
1: From what I've read so far, anyway. But I think it's a good idea. I'm kind of, you know, I wish it was something I could purchase for a new player that's out there playing in a, you know, mining in a noob ship because that's all he has right now. It would be kind of a neat thing. It's, hey, if you're interested in this, I'd sure like to be able to hand him one.
0: Right. Randall, you might weigh in on this, uh, but let me just get this out. I I think that when we look at these skill purchasing, uh, temporary skill purchases on the expert system, that people keep thinking about the new bro And I don't think of this as necessarily for a new bro. I think it fits in nicely with what they need people to do, which is to find what will keep them here, to push them deeper into the funnel of sticking around for a long period of time. But this can also be a transition for a newer player. And I'm talking three to six months. This can also be a transitionary um, method to say, I want to experiment with something to see if I even like it without committing to it uh, completely and changing my whole direction.
1: You yeah, yeah, definitely save yeah, them some. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, definitely save them the you know either remapping their skills to something
2: they may not like. You know, give them a week or two to check it out. Kind of like that idea. Yeah. yeah, I think I I said this com- uh this comment uh, last time Trash Rock Tuesday. I think the real value for the new bro is if you know as a new player you got one of these for free. And with some instructions on when you should use it, don't use it on day one. Um, I think the most value will come basically what you're saying, matter you like six months in and you're like, well, I didn't quite like that choice. I maybe shouldn't have gone into, you know, so heavy right away into industry. Cause now I don't know what I'm doing. You might want to try some of the other, uh, you know, aspects of Eve mining maybe, or, you know, um, exploration or whatever. I think that that's the value of what to do and to, to really try it out, to give you an idea. Uh, i think you just it'll get lost on someone who's super brand new really trying it doesn't give you i from what i have read and uh, some of the videos i saw for walkthroughs and you know like uh, here's what it's going to look like <clears throat> it, it was i was a little underwhelmed and i don't i i think i was a little underwhelmed but you're looking being, at it through the eyes sense? of a new player they're going to be you... completely overwhelmed like they still won't understand the context what do you mean by Sorry, under- what, you're asking?
0: what do you mean by you are underwhelmed? were
2: well, I was underwhelmed. Like looking at it from players played for so long, I was like, well, that's just not going to teach you enough of the things you need to make a decision." Like, it, it's it doesn't really immerse you in the new um, in the new role, right? It doesn't give you enough of the. Uh, this is really what mining is like day after day after day. Or this is really what mission running is like day after day. It just kind of gives you enough to to at least say, "Ah, oh, that's." That's kind of what it's like, um, mm. b- but I think on a, for a new player, it's still like completely out of context. They won't understand that what they're showing them in the in this kind of new system is. Let me put it, I guess, kind of numbers, right? It's, they're showing 25 or 30 percent of what it is. So for me, I'm underwhelmed because I'm like, you just you've just got to give them a game t- a tiny little view of what it is. But something brand new is like that 25 percent might as well be 250 percent. It's just hard to get the context of what it is.
0: That's why I don't know if it's for brand new players. Um, I don't think so. It might be, but I don't don't think it's for brand new players. I think it's for people who are committed to experimenting, and that's a little further down the funnel, right? When you first get in, the first few minutes, you just want to customize your character and beautify the caricature and get some ownership of your entity in the game. Then when you get into the game you really are just in an exploration mode to figure out what this means and look at all the things that are lighting up for you and that sort of stuff. And then you're not even committed to the game at that point. You're just, you're just exploring it.
2: Yeah, that was exactly like the new player absolutely is really just trying to figure out if they should be subbing Omega, right? I mean, that first a while. And so why would you be, really going off and trying to use it. That's what I meant by, you know, if I had, if CCP was to give one of these things to the new bros, it's like this thing doesn't come active until like day 30. Here's when you should use it. Um, If you activate it, you know, at the end you do this, maybe you get a discounted Omega or something. I mean, I think they could wrap it in a way to try to help monetize it and drive subscriptions. I think if it's just this thing where, Hey, for five extra dollars or 10, I can't remember what the price is. Mm -hmm. Mr. Newbro don't subscribe for Omega, subscribe for this thing, figure out what you want to do. And then they'll just be like, "Well, wow, that was a waste of time and money. Like what did I do? And now I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go spend more on Omega because what allows the experience? I think that's what the end result will be. If they, they well, maybe, really that's that way. maybe that player in the, you know, one to five months in the
1: game that, you know, has, has experimented with a few things, but wants to branch out, you know, or, settle in
4: somewhere that might be a good thing for them to work toward oh i always whenever i because i've got a friend who joined the game because he saw what i did and he thought it was kind of fun to try and i i set a condition i said i'm willing to help him as long as he gets through the career agents you're going to go through all five of those career agents and i guess see if you could pass the basic training so to say i think that's where those things could be helpful more is if a person goes through the career agents yeah i know the career agents aren't exactly challenging you're just going to build a shuttle or you're just going to mine a bit. You're going to learn a bit about combat, but at least you're not a new person just buying that skill set, not knowing what to do with it.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why I said you shouldn't, you shouldn't think of this as a new guy coming in and wanting to jump into tackling right away. I mean, there are people that will do that. Some of those people are friends of friends, uh, but I see this as somebody who's already bought into the concept is playing it and says, I'm ready to take it to a new level uh let me try let me try tackling cuz i just joined a group and i want to get in into that business right away i don't want to have to wait to be useful i want to be useful right away but they've already made that decision to be useful so yeah so expert systems i think uh we'll have to look at that it's clearly it's a way to get people uh to to stick around it's a, it's a retention thing and i think they don't plex it because you can I think you can break it with with Plex. Uh, everybody's on a level playing field in real life as far as you coming to the game. You might have money, you might not or whatever, but there's kind of an, an equality to it, not an equity, but an equality to it. But in EVE Online, there is a, there's a huge amount of inequality. Uh, so uh, there are people who can, um, as Nick was saying, gift these things to friends, and that would be the nice way of looking at it. But you can also see... Um, uh this might be if it was Plex, this would be something that could be arranged especially for groups like uh, Horde uh that have a lot of members and uh, they want to just get all of them into a certain ship. Uh you could see that they they could have a lot of these things on hand for for quick transitions for, for whatever purpose. Maybe it's not game breaking, but um I can see why CCP wanted wanted to creep into this a little slower.
1: I hey, uh Florida Phil in chat. Yeah, mentioned something that kind of the way he phrased it, I liked it. It says there's many different things you could do, but this relaxes the commitment. And I like I just like that. That I, I think that rings that's, pretty that's true a with me. Really
0: good way of looking at it. Relax the commitment. I think of myself as an adult, right? I think a lot of Eve players are adults. You can look at the age group, it's really like thirty thirty-three is probably the mean of the age. And uh, there's a lot of us older guys and stuff. So uh, a few bucks for your hobby isn't isn't a big deal. I don't see this as milking new players that are 15 years old, uh, as as uh, some people are trying to portray this as a, a money grab. I don't think anything CCP has done has been a money grab. In uh, really in the last two years, three years, because maybe you can make a case for money grabs uh, by CCP before that, because they were grooming themselves a certain way. There was a lot of sales, uh, I think in 2017 or 2018, I think there was a ton of sales for, maybe that was a way of look, you know, clearing books and making things look good. But since they were purchased from PA, I think, I think what they are really doing is turning around and saying, how do we make this game uh, effective for the future, for more longevity? but uh yeah so that's that oh, our our one of our mining specialists uh from Ushra Khan uh just wrote me back we'll have to get him in on a different show I would like to uh talk to him about the intricacies of mining with multiple characters he is a guy from Minmatar space that is mining the hell out of it so
4: i just know that from the industrialist side yeah you want friends in Minmatar right now you want friends
0: that's where it, uh, that's actually where I'm going to be spending game time is uh, Minimitar Space doing industrial stuff, actually. So it's funny.
4: It's, those markets are heating up. Heck and Rens.
0: Yes, Rens. Don't doubt them. I call Renz the Acapulco of EVE Online. You know, it was super popular in the day, in the 70s, and cocaine was everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all this, uh, you know, new stuff came around. Acapulco fell into, like, obscurity. Poor Wrens used to be a a really cool place. Um, But I still love it. I still have a soft spot for Wrens. My first stations were there. All right. um, Do you guys have any other comments on this? Expert systems? I I have a question for Rundle, if you're still here. Okay. Yeah, I'm still here. Your friend, you said you were going to check with him about something. Was it this? Like what he would think of expert systems?
2: Yeah, I was going to ask him what he thought about trying out the Trying out some just kind of free systems. I think that was one of the items I, I talked about. Now that was last night. I've slept since then, so maybe there was something else. But I recall this was one of the things I wanted to talk to him about. But he, his take on, uh, you know, trying some things before buying them.
0: Yeah, I love the way you described your friend in, in a real world sense of like discovery, interest, uh, all those traits. Yeah. That reminds me of me back in the day.
2: And he comes from you know, a different MMO. He's not necessarily a, a console player. Uh, with uh, uh, He does some first-person shooter, but in the MMOs that I know he plays, the grind is real. Some of the games that he plays, it's mm-hmm. 30, 40 days to get the thing. And you, there's no in terms. I think I was saying this last night. There's no mid-steps. There's no middle ground. You either put in the time, and for every day you don't play, add another day to the time frame in which you're going to get the thing you want. Because time in that regard really accounts to um, the counter that you're going after, the skill points or the money or whatever, that's going to ultimately allow him to get the thing he wants. And every day you don't play is another day that you don't get what you want. And unless you put in the bulk of the time all the way to the end, you don't get the thing. Uh, Or you buy it with real-world money. And if it happens to go on sale in the game or there's some other method. And so his experience for me, as I think I was kind of saying, was. He's not like this bitter, uh, bitter new bro, as I kind of call them, right? Where you kind of come in the game. We we like to talk about this person who this new player comes in and is like, "Man, what a crappy game! Holy crap! They, you know, the you, UI is just brutal. The experience brutal. This you know, community sucks." I mean, he's completely the opposite side. Yeah. Which is, man, you know, you've been talking about this game for a while, and he really, honestly, it took a while for him to come play, uh, like a year, over a year. Yeah. and uh, he finally said all right i got time to try it and, and he got in and he's like okay this is super cool and he really likes again the multiple paths the vast nature of it the the feeling you get just graphically in space those are some things that he likes he likes this i get this one thing there's so many choices and he really loves the consequences aspect you know i screw up it's gone and it's not like i just kind of respawn back at the station and try again so yeah. for him, it's, uh, it's been really neat listening to him because it has, just like you, kind of taken me back in time and been like, yeah, I kind of remember those those days. I remember a long time ago me showing my, my father this game. It was completely lost on him. But I was like just this eager, stupid, grinning ear to ear fanboy. And check this out. And look at this. And look at how this looks. And I still remember that feeling. And having him describe it again just took me right back to that. It was really cool
0: yeah yeah the complication the details the uh the depth i think is is something that we kind of forget because we we're at the top of the hill maybe um coming down the other side even but you forget that like the beauty of that climb to say like wow look how deep this goes look at just look at a blueprint and what i could do with it um i could research it you know in two different ways i could copy it yeah and then i can make yeah. a, a, a t2 version that's amazing it's uh that's deep yeah. stuff all right,
2: cool. Yeah, one of the audience was calling out uh, EQ Granddaddy of them all. Used to play. I, I've been Rundle All
3: Nighter for twenty something years. Yep. Yeah, the MMO that I started with uh, was RuneScape, which is, is around the same age as Eve. I think slightly older, actually. Okay.
1: Wow.
0: Um, did you say you were uh, in EQ?
3: Yeah, EverQuest,
2: way way back, as Rundle All Nighter as well, long 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 ago.
0: Oh wow! Did 20,
2: somebody rec- 21, 22 years ago.
0: Somebody recognize you from there?
2: I don't know. I don't know if it, I don't know if this uh, person in the audience actually recognizes me from there, but uh, someone probably does. Maybe if they're listening, Who knows. Yeah, so it's wow. happened once before. It happened once before. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, that's that's pretty awesome. Were you a bit uh, a big player in uh, EQ?
2: Yeah, I was. I was uh, on a raid guild, uh top ten on the server as a warrior. Yeah. I was I had oh, five right. accounts, one of the multi boxers, all that fun shit.
0: Classic. Yeah. All right. I wanna say hello to Jebby, our uh Eve Log friend there. Uh he's gotta go see you later. It's good to see him here. Uh we'll wrap up for the day and we'll come back again tomorrow. It's good talking with you guys. Uh appreciate you coming by, Shaquin, Nick, and yeah, welcome. Rondell and Gregorian, thanks for coming by. And thank you, the audience, for coming by. We're going to send you over to Brisk Group Ball. Just started streaming. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the night, and we will see you tomorrow.